Hello everybody and welcome back to UK Motor Talk and another Grand Prix review show. This time round it's the Singapore Grand Prix. In the build-up we had a usual bit of driving news, nothing too dramatic or unexpected this time round, just Guan Yu Zhou announcing that he'd be remaining with Alfa Romeo. I think that's quite a good thing to be honest, he's, he's done a, well, I think he's done a bloody good job this year actually, there's no... Um, no really huge significant mistakes that he's made. He's had the uh, the odd dramatic shunt, uh, Silverstone, for example, but don't think that was his fault at all at all. And no, no huge mistakes, no glaring errors, no common inconsistencies, and uh, actually of late turned in some some bloody good qualifying performances and good race performances. You know, against uh, against Valtteri Bottas, who on his day could outqualify Lewis Hamilton, is uh, is no mean feat. So uh, good news and uh, and well done to him. Uh, we also had uh, Alex Albon back on the grid for this weekend after um, his medical issues gave rise to a, a good, well, a stunning debut from Nick De Vries. Would have been good actually to see Nick in the car again this weekend just to see how he fared on a different kind of circuit. But great to see Albon back and, and to do a race such as Singapore, you know, normally hitting the two-hour time limit, hot, humid, relentless, bumpy street circuit from where he was, you know, having to be put on a ventilator and, and I think pretty much dying on the operating table. He um, He's uh, he's done bloody well to uh, to get back in the car for this weekend. And uh, again, in, in contrast to, uh, to previous race weekends, we didn't seem to have uh, grid penalties in the build-up to this weekend. I don't think there are any grid penalties, actually. So um, everybody getting their engine changes out of the way in the last couple of rounds. So uh, I think the qualifying result was actually pretty much the uh, the grid order in the end uh, apart from one little difference but we'll get on to that so into Q1 there was bucket loads of rain on uh, on Saturday morning absolutely torrential rain I mean in uh, in Singapore when it rains it really does rain hence yeah, the humidity in Singapore is always about 99% I think it's, uh, it's always on the borderline of raining if not absolutely hammering it down start to qualifying we had Loads of cars line up at the pit lane, wanting to get on with it and just to uh, to circulate, try and get some heat into the tyres and get a feel for the track and the conditions. A couple of quick spins from uh, from Magnussen and Science, but um, it was uh, an odd looking track because it looked almost bone dry in certain places. And then you swapped to an onboard, and it was clear just how wet it was. Very wet in certain places, but yeah, nearly dry in others. But strange sort of. Um, surface and uh and time the the surface water seemed to drain away quite quickly but the the track somehow managed to remain really really damp so quite uh, quite odd but i think probably the most dangerous or challenging track surface is one that is wet but doesn't look wet but we had verstappen set in the early pace and lost uh bottas Ricardo again, unfortunately, uh, Esteban Ocon, Nicholas Latifi and Alex Albon. Into Q2, uh, all were still on inters. You would kind of think the track would dry, probably a normal track or normal conditions, the track would have dried out by now or you'd have a few trying slicks at the uh, the start of Q2. But I just think maybe, I mean, there's plenty of heat, but maybe the lack of sun just, just meaning the track was just staying that, that little bit wetter. Leclerc had uh, made a few noises about asking for slicks but Ferrari fitted uh, another set of inters for uh, him about halfway through the session. Stroll and Vettel did uh, box for uh, for a set of slicks, as did Guan Yu Zhou. Lance Stroll had a brief off-track excursion on the slicks, but I think the, the key, as always, with slicks on a damp track is getting them warm and keeping them warm. It's tricky to, to get them turned on, but if you can get them turned on, it's also tricky to keep them there. It's an odd one. You've got to go 
almost you know flat out or faster than you want to go to get the heat into them and keep that pace to uh to keep the heat in them but uh if you uh if you go too slow and you're too cautious then the heat drops out and then the grip drops out and then you're absolutely nowhere but Vettel didn't seem to uh to be able to get the tires turned on at all so all of the uh the slick runners we lost in that session Guan Yu Zhou, Stroll and Vettel and we also lost Mick Schumacher and surprisingly George Russell who was on to uh to see him go out so early he just couldn't seem to get uh, get even the intermediate tyres turned on, so it seemed. Then into Q3, uh, Sonoda and Magnussen headed out on Inters, but everybody else went out on a, on a set of slick tyres, soft tyres all round for everyone. Sonoda's early uh, early sector times looked competitive, top of the timesheets early on in the session, but Hamilton managed to, uh, to get the slick tyres up to temperature and working uh, quicker than anybody else, and suddenly banged in a lap two seconds I think quicker than Sonoda it's always good a uh, qualifying session where it's rained at the start and it's getting drier and drier there's uh, it's always uh, an exciting build up to the end of it Leclerc responding and then Hamilton going even quicker than him quick off track excursion for Gasly but he managed to carry on all okay and then Alonso banging in a provisional pole lap and then Leclerc going 1.3 seconds quicker than him. Everybody's final lap, the uh, the margins were mega, mega fine. But Verstappen looking uh, on his penultimate qualifying lap, looked to be on course for pole position by quite a bit, was going to catch up with a bit of traffic towards the end. I think he was going to catch Gasly. So the, uh, the team told him to abort it and just build the gap, recharge the battery and go again on the final lap. And then just as he was heading towards the, uh, the very end of that lap, got caught called in to the pits by the team and, and Verstappen absolutely incandescent on the radio and, and you know really 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 wound up with it probably a bit OTT I think but uh, as it turned out wouldn't have had enough fuel to uh, to either complete the in-lap or provide the FIA with a sample of fuel that uh, that they need as part of scrutineering so yeah it's it's one of those it's an error by the team but what do you do carry on and set the lap and and risk going to the back of the grid or ditch it know that you'll have enough fuel and and line up PA so they took the uh, the view PA was better than back of the grid which is quite right I think so ended up with uh, a pole position by Leclerc from uh, I think 0.022 from Perez and then Hamilton just 0.054 off Leclerc's pay so despite a, a, a normally in a session like this you'd have much bigger gaps or somebody crossing the line just as the checkered flag falls and, and getting the best of the track conditions and setting a pole time way out of reach of anybody else but for all those variables wet dry wet dry and and have a have the grid that close it was uh, probably one of the most exciting qualifying sessions I watched for a long long time Behind the top three, we had Sainz in fourth, then Alonso, Norris, Gasly, Verstappen, Magnussen and Sonoda completing the top ten. So on to race day itself then, there was uh, yet more torrential rain in the build-up to the race. From uh, I sort of tuned in a little bit earlier this time around, thinking there might be a bit of um, weather news going on uh, in the run-up to it. And, uh, and I certainly wasn't wrong, it was bucketing it down again in the build-up so much so we had uh, an hour delay to the proceedings I don't know I think well certainly in the build-up to it they couldn't have uh, couldn't have started the race but whether it quite needed that hour delay 
not quite sure, although I suppose it's better than uh, every 10 minutes saying there's going to be something happening in 10 minutes or we'll let you know in 5 minutes that we'll delay it by 10 minutes or whatever else. It was a, at least it was a decisive call, I suppose, of we'll get going in an hour and that's it. Only change from the qualifying order, actually, Russell had uh, was forced to start from uh, from the pit lane uh, due to, uh, I think it was unauthorised power unit component changes. So they sort of hadn't asked permission or told anyone they were doing it, just said, so afterwards and uh, yeah so he said well I think whether it's back of the grid for uh, for all the changes or pit lane probably doesn't make too much difference actually Singapore race start in the wet I think I'd probably rather start from the pit lane anyway the length of the delay that we had um, meant that all the drivers started on the intermediate tyres anyway so it's uh, I don't don't really know why we bother chugging a massive truckload of wet tyres all the way around the world for 22, 23, 24 races. They uh, they just don't seem to use them. Not quite sure what the issue with it is. I think whether it's a Singapore-specific spray problem. You know, if it is so wet, you need the wet tyres. They just chuck up too much spray, making it absolutely impossible. The inters just that bit less spray, or by the time you can use the inters, that's an acceptable level of spray for them. Having never driven an F1 car in the wet Rambo circuit, I uh, obviously can't say speak to it firsthand. I mean, I've done a, a single-seater Formula 4 type thing around Brands Hatch, and that it did bucket it down halfway through doing that. So from a, a bit of first-hand experience of open cockpit single-seaters in the wet, it is... Yeah, eerily terrifying when the spray comes up and you literally cannot see a thing other than the rain light of the car in front of you. And uh, and as I say, that's relatively low speeds and um, relatively skinny tyres. So the width of uh, Formula One full wet tyres and the amount of water they clear, it must make it a tad tricky. But yeah, I think we need a, a proper solution to this. If, uh, if every time it hammers it down, we stop racing i don't know maybe work on the directionality of the spray that comes out the tires just as we've seen the rules get changed to uh, decrease the dirty air and decrease the outwash can we uh, look at the wet weather tire tread putting the, the spray more to the side or more up somehow rather than straight out the back possibly something to have a look at although of course actually the uh, the aerodynamics that, that push cleaner air straight out of the back of the car probably have an effect on pushing more spray straight out the back of the car so yeah it's uh, it needs somebody uh, with a bit more knowledge uh, well a lot more knowledge than i've got about how those things work to uh, to try and fix that problem i think it was a very very slippy track to start off with in the race but uh, i think some of the areas off the track were, were actually grippier than the actual track itself as a few drivers reported on their reconnaissance laps off the line into the race start we had a great start from Perez and, and he led into the first corner that set him up nicely for the rest of his evening's work Hamilton and Sainz getting together in uh, in turn two Lewis having to go off the track very briefly but all okay they both continued and uh, not too much moaning on the radio over it I think it was just a check the tyre pressures and uh, and that's it we'll get on with it Albon on his uh, on his return a bit of a brief spin into the barriers on turn seven clonked the barrier with a bit of a thud but managed to carry on all okay not a good start at all from Verstappen he, uh, he went into anti-stall off the grid and then just you know just went backwards after that on lap one getting passed by uh, everybody all the way up until Ricardo I think actually and then uh, managed to get past him fairly soon after that and started his uh, his charge back up through the field or what we were thinking would be a charge up through the field anyway 
all very neat and tidy from everybody in the early stages. I think uh, everybody was just focused on survival, knowing that it's going to be a very long race, a very long evening. So uh, don't do anything too risky early on and just try and stay in the game. Uh, so Perez was leading away, Leclerc started to, uh, to reel him in and chip away at his lead ever so slightly, and during this Verstappen had made his way up to ninth, but then uh, seemed to, to just hit a brick wall of performance behind Vettel, who'd had a, a cracking start, so he was all the way up to eight. So a uh, great off-the-line and first couple of laps from Vettel. The meatball flag yet again for Kevin Magnussen, I'm not sure if that's a... Uh, a Haas front wing problem or a uh, Kevin Magnussen problem or a, a just by nature of being a bit further down the grid kind of problem. Slightly bad timing with when he came in. Lap 7 we had Guan Yu Zhou off the track. At turn 5 uh, Latifi with a uh, puncture. Weren't quite sure what happened at first but then the, the replays made it all clear. Latifi just turned left into Guan Yu Zhou basically and, and broke his steering and that was it. So Guan Yu had tried to, uh, to pull it off the track and into a safe area but when your right hand wheels pointing left. There's not a lot of steering you can do. Not quite sure what Latifi was thinking there. He said he was in his blind spot, but to be fair, if he's in front of you and then alongside you and then disappears into your blind spot, it's fairly safe to assume that he's there somewhere. So, I don't know, maybe leave a car in a tiny bit gap and uh, and be on the safe side. That was the pair of them out, and that brought out the full safety guard just after Magnuson had pitted, so unfortunate timing for him. It did actually look like Latifi was going to be able to continue to start off with, actually. He came into the pits for a uh, change of wing and tyres and bits and pieces, but they, uh, they very quickly called an end to his day. So safety car came in and all uh, all very clean and tidy restart, so it seemed. Verstappen managed to get past Vettel and Gasly in short order, not long after the safety car had peeled in. And then I think we, we kind of settled down in the next phase of the race, just... Uh, Really, uh, we thought at that stage it would be about how long you could make the intermediate tyres last and when would you time the uh, the changeover to slicks. Would you be best off keeping those inters just that little bit cooler, don't work them too hard and um, and change to slicks at the very last minute or leave it as late as you can. The track was drying very, very slowly. You know, the lap times at this stage were sort of 158, 159 range, way off a slick tyre time, although science on the radio was saying it wasn't too far off uh, slick conditions as he thought it would be. Up to lap 21, Alonso had been holding up uh, Verstappen, was uh, was out in the same place as uh, Guan Yuzhou parked it up, actually. Uh, looked like an engine failure from uh, from the Renault engine in the back of the Alpine. Uh, but this time around, we got a virtual safety car. I'm not quite sure why it was a full safety car last time and a virtual this time. Maybe I guess they thought was Alonso still had all his steering intact and all four wheels pointing in the right direction and be a bit easier and quicker to recover it but as the uh, the virtual safety car came out we had uh, Russell being uh, the first to jump onto slick tyres but I think uh, at the stage he was where he was in the race it was worth a gamble to be honest you know if you're running around at the back and can't do a lot well on a day like this you might as well take a risk and see what happens you can't drop back too much and who knows you might jump forward by quite a bit looked a bit too early to be honest uh well from the second he pulled out of the pit lane he had uh, an almighty slide coming out of the pit lane and, and around the first corner looked like it was driving on uh on on sheet ice to be fair it was interesting to uh, to keep an eye on his sector times and just see where he was make, managing to make back a bit of time lose a bit of time and uh 
uh, and just see the time steadily improve as he slowly got the tyres to work. Wasn't quite the game changer for his race he was hoping it would be. Lap 26 we had Alex Albon into the barrier, bit of a thunk. He managed to get out of the barrier but uh, unfortunately left his front wing behind embedded in the barrier. So we had another virtual safety car whilst they were clearing that but I think the uh, I do just um, need to go back and somehow double check this but I hope the shot of the uh, of the marshals recovering the front wing from the barrier was a replay as it it looked from what was going on on the telly and what was going on on the timing screens that we had a green flag being waved as uh, as the marshals were still removing the wing from the barrier so I hope that was a um, TV timing issue rather than a uh, green flag whilst there's still marshals on the track issue. Not too many laps later we had Ocon off at, at turn 13 with um, uh, a bit of smoke from under the engine cowl and, uh, and a bit of fluid leaking out the bottom of it so I think there was a uh, another engine failure from the uh, the Renault lump there so that uh, that capped off a fairly miserable week well a very miserable weekend for Alpine just as they're in that tight battle with McLaren in the Constructors' Championship, they could have probably done without a, a double retirement, especially if, uh, if McLaren could play their cards right with the strategy. We've got a, uh, another virtual safety car whilst they were recovering and sorting out Ocon's car. Verstappen and, uh, and Norris getting very, very close. Verstappen is almost trying to second-guess the safety car ending, I think. He had to lock up to avoid passing Norris, but it looks very marginal as, uh, as to whether he did pass it or not. We've had a few safety car rules changed, and because of what Verstappen was doing, I'm not really sure you should be mucking about like that under virtual safety car conditions. They're there for a reason. Not too many laps after that, after we got going again, uh, Hamilton was off. Probably sort of one of the most dramatic or one of the uh, incidents of the race that made me make the biggest noise, I think, because it's, uh, it's so unusual to see Lewis make a mistake like this, especially in wet conditions. He's, uh, he's normally a master of these, but went off and, uh, and hit the barriers with, uh, with quite a thump, actually. Managed to, uh, to reverse back out and, and rejoin only with wing damage, but just as, uh, as Russell was setting the fastest second sector, triggered a bit of a um, dash into the pits for slick tyres. We had uh, Gasly, Sonoda, Bottas, Magnussen, Leclerc, Hamilton having recovered out of the barriers. Uh, Vettel and Mick Schumacher all came in for slicks. Perez, with uh, with his luxury of, uh, of a reasonable lead at this stage, stopped a lap later for slicks. Red Bull not wanting to chance it too early. For that lap, we also got Verstappen and Sainz in just as Sonoda thumped the barrier. And this actually did bring out the, uh, the safety car, the full safety car again this time. And uh, just as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, McLaren, if they played their cards right with strategy, didn't jump too early with the uh, with the Hamilton incident, just waited and then just timed their uh, their stops to perfection with this. Really, Russell came in for a fresh set of medium slicks, Ricardo for a set of softs, and Norris in for a set of mediums. As the safety car pulled in again, then we had uh, Verstappen trying to get past Norris, but just locked up in uh, in spectacular style. Said after the race that he'd hit a uh, rather large bump there, and the replay showed that uh, that was true. You could see a huge shower of sparks shoot out the bottom of the car just as he started locking up. So locked up the front tyres, massively flat-spotting them. Ended up dropping back to eight to where he'd started, I think. So after uh, all this time, effort and, uh, and aggravation, he was uh, no further forwards. But locked up so badly, he had to stop for a, a fresh set of tyres. Just as we got uh, notification that Perez had had a, a safety car infringement that had been noted. But we'll, uh, we'll get on to that in a little bit. Russell having a, a get-together with Mick Schumacher and... Uh, cutting across him rather aggressively. I mean, on, on the radio saying he wasn't quite sure 
what Mick was doing, but I think that was fairly clear to see that Russell was just turning right fairly hard into him. I mean, yes, I suppose Mick did have a little bit more room left on the right-hand side of him, but if uh, somebody's cutting across that hard, I'm not, not quite sure you want to jump all the way out of the way, so I'd, um, I think I'd put a little bit more of that at George Russell's door, to be totally honest. Both cars got a puncture as a result of that, so uh, both into the pits. Perez, with a, a few moans about uh, drivability issues, just under a bit of pressure there I think just as DRS was uh, being enabled and Leclerc was closing in so it looked a little bit dicey at uh, one point we then swapped instead of a lap counter we got a, uh, a timer counter now timing down to the end of the two hour maximum race time we had Perez and Leclerc sort of trading quicker laps slower laps quicker laps just minor lockups and, and close calls and you know one driver being able to nibble a bit back here but not quite enough where he needed to and it was a uh, really really good scrap between them but just a little wobble for Leclerc got Perez out of DRS range and the announcement that Perez would be investigated after the race the instruction from the Red Bull pit wall was um there's an investigation after the race, let's disappear. And Perez just went into a hyperdrive at, uh, at that stage and, and pulled out one hell of a gap. Further down the grid, only five minutes left on the clock. We had Vettel, Hamilton and Verstappen all separated by less than a second. You know, 12 world championships between them. And they were uh, embroiled in a very, very tight scrap, which was good to watch. Hamilton with a move on Vettel, but he locked up to allowing Verstappen to get through and, uh, and got past Vettel a couple of uh, corners later. A good scrap down there for the very minor points paying positions not quite where you'd expect uh, Verstappen to end up only one place higher than where he started up front Perez holding on to uh, to take the win by uh, I think it was seven and a half seconds from Leclerc in the end they'd uh, they'd suspected there might be a five second penalty going so that was the target and um, Perez delivered on that from Charles Leclerc Carlos Sainz rounding out the podium Lando Norris and Danny Rick fourth and fifth so a great haul of points for McLaren good race from Danny Rick actually I think he had something in his eye towards the end of it but good to see him up and around Lando Norris's pace and a little bit too little too late of course for uh, for his future with McLaren but good to see him up there and um, back more where he should be good race also from Aston Martin Lance Stroll finishing sixth and Vettel in eighth really good result I think their first double points finish ever I think so it's uh, not a uh, not a bad result from them at all Verstappen are frustrated and, uh, and disappointed seventh Hamilton in ninth and Pierre Gasly rounding out the top 10 and coming away from the uh, from the weekend pointless Bottas fairly quiet race didn't see too much from him Kevin Magnussen with the meatball flag ruining his hopes early doors Mick Schumacher in 13th and George Russell plum last unfortunately in 14th following his uh, slick tire experiment and uh, multiple pit stops for punctures and things like that Good showing from Mick Schumacher. I think he was uh, unlucky with a few bits on timing. The, uh, that, although the Haas team had said he could have finished about sixth, I think that's maybe a little bit optimistic. But it was, um, yeah, I think a, a frustrating race from uh, from Mick Schumacher. But the puncture from Russell probably put uh, put paid to any chance of a points finish. As I say, don't think it would have been sixth, but uh, maybe on for a few points. Better luck for him next time out in Japan. <laughs> Only other point to discuss budget cap and the uh, the budget cap accounting certificates of compliance. Rumours floating around in the paddock that Aston Martin have gone a very minor amount over, so a minor transgression. 
which leads to, I, I think, not too many penalties, maybe a, a slight financial penalty or not inconsequential, but a, a relatively minor punishment for it. But the rumour floating around, which seemed to get Christian Horner really quite wound up and Toto Wolff enjoyed pouring a bit of fuel on that fire, was that Red Bull have gone significantly over, which I... I is uh, is opening up a whole can of worms you know if it, unfortunately the uh, the penalties for transgressions of the budget cap haven't been announced or made clear in advance which seems a little bit odd to me you know you can, how do you say these are the rules don't break them or else well what's the or else don't do it and we won't have to find out or do it and you'll find out is uh, is a bit threatening and I don't know, non-committal, really, because what, what is the punishment? If the punishment is just a financial penalty for going over the budget cap, then it doesn't really matter to the bigger teams, because if uh, if you just get fined for spending too much money, well, you've got pots of money anyway, so why not spend more money than you've got, or you should, and then just pay the fine? If the penalty is docking of constructors' championship points, or, you know, does that apply in the season to which the transgression took place i kind of guess it has to really otherwise you could just say oh sod it we'll uh, we'll go every other year and we'll uh, we'll massively overspend in one particular year and we'll win the drivers and constructors championships we'll get clobbered the next year but the following year we'll overspend again win everything that year get clobbered so you know have one year on one year off overspending and underspending that that doesn't really seem within the spirit or, or the right way of doing it. So technically, you'd have to say if, if Rebel did overspend in 2021, then they need to be adjusting some points in there for 2021, do they? But do they want to, after what happened in Abu Dhabi, do they want to be taking Max Verstappen's world championship off him? I mean, it's... Um, I'm not sure they can now, really. It's too late. He's had the, the trophy and the prize giving and the ceremony and his, his name's on the history books and... If you had a bet on Verstappen to win the championship, you'd been paid for that. I'm not, not really sure they can undo that without absolutely <laughs> setting fire to their reputation once and for all. So it'd be interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out and what the penalties are. I think, first of all, they should have probably made the penalties clear beforehand. If they haven't done that, then I don't know if Red Bull have massively overspent, uh, you know, the tune of 10, 15, 20 people or one or two very significant upgrades, then it's, you know... It's cheating. It's 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 outside of the rules. It's not allowed. So I think the penalties for for this year do they count for this year? I suppose they do because if you overspent last year, that's helped you out this year. What penalty could they give them that would have an effect? I mean, again, you don't don't really want to take Max's championship off him, as it's uh, it's not not on Max's shoulders. So do we do a massive docking of points or? kick Red Bull out of the Constructors' Championship altogether. So it's, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the uh, the results. Maybe there's a few negotiations going on in the background as to what the results and punishments are going to be. Maybe a bit a la Ferrari with their uh, alleged engine tampering a couple of years ago. We shall, uh, we shall wait and see. Only a very short time in between this and the Japanese Grand Prix weekend. I've missed this track over the, the last couple of years. I think it's 2019, the last time we 
came here, obviously pre-COVID. One of my favourite tracks on uh, on the calendar, one of my favourite tracks of all time, actually right up there with Spa. Always produces some some thrilling races, some mesmerising qualifying performances. You know, there isn't a single bad corner on the circuit. Every corner is is a wonderful challenge, a real good test of the drivers and the machinery over the weekend. So, and uh, and I think we've got a bit of variable weather scheduled over the weekend as well. So, uh, is this the weekend that? Max Verstappen seals his second world championship, uh, very quite possibly. Uh, I think Honda would uh, would be keen for him to do it this weekend on the circuit that they own and sponsor. And after all their involvement, they walked away from the sport, but actually not really because they still help Red Bull powertrains. And actually next year, they kind of probably want back in again. So I don't know, I wish they'd, uh, wish they'd make up their mind, really. That's about me from this week, so uh, just to wish you uh, well for the weekend. Hope you enjoy the race, and, uh, and those that do get up early, then uh, then I salute you. I think it kind of adds to the excitement, to be honest. Getting up at half five, six o'clock in the morning to watch it, it's, uh, it's always worth getting up for. So uh, have, a, uh, have a good weekend of it, and uh, don't forget to look us up on all the socials. We are at UK Motor Talk pretty much everywhere. Latest video on YouTube is um, Mike slowly but surely getting there with his, uh, with his Orion engine. I think getting there is... Uh, uh, is certainly the uh, the phrase that needs to be applied to it, but he is getting there, which is uh, which is good. So go and give that one a watch. And in the meantime, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.